Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Four Vaginas Only. In this episode, we are going to talk about the fourth trimester. Now, everybody knows that the first trimester, second, and third is when you're pregnant, but in the past few years, there's been a lot of discussion about this fourth trimester, and we're going to get into why. But first, let's cue the music. Hello, and welcome to Four Vaginas Only, the podcast about everything female. I'm your host, Dr. Celestine, bringing you important information about understanding your health and body in the way you wish your doctor would actually explain it. All right, so I'm Dr. C, your host of Four Vaginas Only. In this episode, we're going to talk about the fourth trimester after you deliver your baby. I'm going to talk about some things that I experienced after I delivered my child, and we're going to talk about, in general, some things that a lot of women and patients that come to me experience after delivery. Okay, so first things first, we're going to talk about maternity leave. Now, if you want to hear more about my third trimester, that's a couple podcast episodes ago where I started to talk about maternity leave, and I said I was just going to save it for this episode. It's not that it's so complex, uh, mainly because I can't really talk about all of it. It's very varied state by state. So I'm only really familiar with maternity leave in the states that I worked. The main one is New Jersey, which is where I took maternity leave myself and where I work currently. And I'm also a little bit familiar with maternity leave in West Virginia because I worked there previously. So make sure before you deliver your baby, you look into the laws of maternity leave in your state or country, depending on where you're listening to this episode from. So in New Jersey, there's paperwork that you actually have to get from your job. So a lot of patients come to me asking me for the paperwork, but it's not from me. It's from your job or from the state website in the state that you live in. And a lot of jobs get it from the website because it's really a state-mandated state mandated money. In New Jersey, it's disability money. Um, so there's paperwork online or from your job that you get, you fill out a part of it, then you bring it into your doctor's office for them to fill out their part, and then you submit it to your job. Now you can submit it before you deliver in anticipation of delivery, and then other paperwork can be submitted while you're on leave to either extend that maternity leave or not. In New Jersey, for example, if you have a vaginal delivery, you're allotted six weeks of paid disability, but if you have a C-section for whatever reason, you can update that after submission, and now you're allowed eight weeks of paid disability, also known as maternity leave. And in New Jersey, once your papers are submitted and your leave starts, you get like a little debit card almost, and they also directly can deposit into your bank account. So it's nice and easy once you get it set up. Then in New Jersey, there's FMLA, the Family Medical Leave Act. So this gives you extra bonding time with your baby after your disability ends or your original maternity leave ends. Now, this has to be filled out by your pediatrician because by that point, it's about quote unquote baby bonding. So you don't bring that paperwork to your OBGYN. You bring it to your pediatrician, at least in the state of New Jersey. So for anybody that lives here, That's a little tip for you. All right, so the fourth trimester. There's been a lot of talk about it, and rightfully so recently, because a lot of times when you're delivering your baby and you leave the hospital, your doctor talks to you about coming to see you or coming to see them in six weeks. So six weeks postpartum, you know, your body's supposed to be kind of reset back to your pre-pregnancy 
hormones and all of that. And that's considered, you know, you're done with the whole pregnancy. But that's really not true um, because there's still a lot of stuff going on with your hormones. There's still a lot of adjustment happening. So recently, the past few years, there's been a lot of talk about continuing to support women even beyond six weeks. And that is the fourth trimester. Now, is there a determined amount of time for it? Not really. But I think everybody experiences or needs support in a different amount of time. Each person's a little bit different, but I would say that six weeks is probably not enough. Uh, I think the support, at least from your doctor, should everybody should have a visit within a couple weeks from leaving the hospital and their six-week visit, and then probably receive support for at least an additional six to 12 weeks after that. And that's because so many things happen after you deliver a baby. And I'm speaking also from personal experience. It's overwhelming at first. You're adjusting for the first two weeks, especially if you have a child that's crying constantly. Even if you don't, every baby is waking up at least every two to three hours crying because they're hungry, because their little stomachs are so small, they need to eat so frequently. And if you're breastfeeding, that's even more work. I truly think breastfeeding and taking care of a baby that's crying every two to three hours, plus you're bleeding from your vagina for at least like four to six weeks after while all of that is going on. I mean, who wouldn't go crazy from that? It's very, very stressful. You know, you wanted a baby this whole time or you've wanted a second child, third child, wherever you're at in this. And now you're second guessing, did I do, am I doing this properly? Like, why did I do this? Because not only is all this going on in your household, but your hormones are all over the place and trying to settle down from being pregnant. And if you're breastfeeding, your hormones have changed again because of that. So there's a lot going on. I remember for me, I was just, it took a lot to adjust to my child. Um, it took a lot to adjust to this new human being in my household. Plus, I think partner support is really important. And some people just don't have a lot of partner support. Some people are having babies on their own also, which is difficult. But if you do have a partner, I, I truly feel like sometimes it takes some men a little bit of time to kind of warm up to the situation. You've kind of gotten used to it. You know, you've been growing this child for 10 months and you're preparing for it. You feel them every day. You have this connection. And yeah, they're kind of a stranger to you as well when they come out. But I think they're even more of a stranger to whoever you're with that created the baby with you. So there's an adjustment there too. Um, lots of people talk about getting into fights and things with their partner after they deliver because it truly is stressful for everybody. No one's sleeping. <laughs> it's a crazy, crazy time. Sometimes when I think back on it, I can't believe how far we've come. We still have a lot of things going on. My son is almost two years old. So there's still a lot of stuff that's new every day or stressful every day. But I truly think those were some of the hardest days. You don't even feel like yourself. Your body is not the same. It's just, it's a hard time. Don't get me wrong. You do love your child. Most of the time you're happy that you have this baby, but figuring it out and adjusting to your new body and the new way that your relationship is set up is, can be really complicated for a lot of people. Not everyone, but a lot of people. So, you know, it's just tough. Um, with breastfeeding for me too, I think like day two or three, my breasts got like super engorged. They were like hard, like rocks. And that was super painful. Breastfeeding, your nipples cracking and bleeding. And 
I remember I was doing, um, cause it was the middle of COVID when I had my son, I was doing a Zoom chat with the lactation specialist, like putting my breast into the camera and my son's mouth trying to figure out latching properly. <laughs> it's just a crazy time. I wouldn't trade the experience for the world. I mean, I'm glad I got to experience all of that. Um, but thinking back, sometimes you don't know if you want to laugh or cry about it. <laughs> um, working out for me, I've talked about in, the first trimester, second and third trimester episodes about my workout regimen and working out has always been a huge part of my life. It was hard at first, even though I was working out the whole time, it was still, it wasn't as strong as I thought I would be after I delivered. Plus you have rectus diastasis where your abdominal wall muscles are just a little bit further apart than they were before. Some people it's much further apart. So it makes your abdomen weak. You can't really do a lot of ab exercises. You have to be careful what you do ab-wise so that you don't worsen the rectus diastasis. I always recommend to my patients to look on YouTube even, or I use the Peloton stretching and workout app as well. And they specifically talk about things to heal or to help avoid kind of straining your abdominal muscles so that you don't worsen the rectus diastasis. So there are ways to work out while that part of your abdomen heals. I will say it doesn't always go all the way back together. I still think mine's definitely more separated than it was before I had Tristan, but it's just not as bad. And my my abs are, you know, I'm able to have strength in there because at first it's like you can't even lift yourself up. I remember going from laying down to sitting up. I couldn't even use my abs to lift myself up. It's a crazy experience because of how kind of separated your ab muscles get just from being pregnant and the baby kind of pushing out on them. So it's a lot, of, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of adjustment. And last but not least, let's talk about sex after you have a baby. So it's going to depend, obviously, on how you had your child, whether you had a vaginal delivery or a C-section. Now, your doctor is going to tell you that you can't have any sex at all, nothing in the vagina for the first six weeks after you deliver, no matter what route that is, because really you're, all of your parts kind of have to heal again, go back to normal. And truly, if you tried to do it too soon, it can be painful, especially if you had a vaginal delivery that you had tears in the vagina, or if you had a C-section and you have an incision that's trying to heal on your abdomen, it's really uncomfortable for you to have sex too soon. So that's why we tell you to avoid it. But even if you wait the six weeks and you're kind of ready to go after that, it's still uncomfortable because one, your body's not quite the same. Um, and if you had a vaginal delivery, it's going to be a little bit painful. So I usually recommend to all my patients to use a lot of lubrication, whether that's KY or Astroglide, whatever you can find. That's a water-based lubricant. Use a lot of that, especially the first time or the first couple times that you have sex after a delivery so that it's not painful for you and you can actually enjoy it because it's not just for the guy, it's for you too. So you have to make sure that you're comfortable as well. But before you even try, make sure you have that appointment with your doctor to check and make sure the incision on the abdomen is well healed if you had a C-section or that your vagina is well healed or any stitches that they put in the vagina are healed. Because if they're not, if something is not fully back together or if something's still bleeding or if something needs to be repaired, then it is not going to be a good experience for you to have sex after delivery. But I would say for most people, they are really well healed in that area after six weeks or eight weeks, and you just have to take it really, really slow to get back into the groove. And last but not least, I would say it's important in this fourth trimester of your life. I truly feel like the fourth trimester is just parenting. 
<laughs> so I would say it's important in this fourth trimester of your life to have support. Um, make sure that you, if you need a therapist, you get a therapist. If you need your parents or a babysitter to watch your child so that you and your partner or you and your friends can hang out again or do things so that you can feel like yourself again, then do that. It's great to have a baby. It's great to have this new life, this new family member, but you can't lose yourself in the process. That's the most important thing. You bring more love into your life, but don't lose yourself in the process. And whatever you need to do to make sure that that's not happening, you need to do it. And that's that. So that's all. Thank you guys so much for listening to the Four Vaginas Only podcast episode. This episode on the fourth trimester is really important to me, near and dear to my heart. I still feel like I'm in the fourth trimester two years later. So we might touch on this again at some point down the line. But this concludes my pregnancy journey series. Um, we're going to get back to a lot more gynecology topics and talk about a lot more different things. I'm sure I will sprinkle in my pregnancy here and there, and I can always answer any questions that you guys have. Just remember that I can't answer anything very directly related to you. I can only really talk about things in a general sense because I'm not your doctor. So if you have a very personal question, make sure you find an OBGYN or find a primary care doctor to ask these questions to that knows your history and everything about you so that you can get the best answers. Thank you so much for listening. You can follow me on at Four Vaginas Only in Instagram, at Four Vaginas Only on Facebook and on TikTok. And you can email me at drc at fvonly.com. And I'll see you guys in the next episode. Bye.